All right, everybody, welcome on in. Bleeding, Claret and Cobalt, Trey Fitzgerald, Ryan Hale here with you. We are recording morning, midday, after the massive penalty kick shootout victory over the Houston Dynamo in Game 2 of the Round 1 Best of 3 series between RSL and Houston Dynamo in the Audi 2023 MLS Cup playoffs. Electric atmosphere Monday night at America First Field. 20,251 people purchased tickets. Most of them showed up, stood up, sang, danced, shouted. Just an electric atmosphere. Can't say enough about it. We'll talk about that throughout this podcast. Obviously, Jefferson Savarino with a massive free kick, I think, in the 70th minute to equalize at 1-1. Chicho immediately made a difference in the game, had several near misses. Diego Luna had a few chances. Andres Gomez. Um, Nelson Palacio looked good. Ojeda, he and Ojeda completed high percentage of their passes. A stark contrast from what we saw in game one down in Houston. So now RSL goes back to Houston Saturday, 4 o'clock mountain kick on your Apple TV MLS season pass subscription. The University of Utah Utes play Washington earlier in the afternoon. So uh, MLS moving that RSL at Houston kick a few hours later should help everybody kind of manage their sports viewing options on Saturday afternoon. And it's do or die. So uh, we'll talk a little bit about the format. We'll talk about uh, what kind of lineup we may see in Houston, what kind of tactics we may see in Houston this Saturday. So we'll get into all that and much, much more right here. Bleeding Claire and Cobalt brought to you by One Wire Fiber. Hey guys, just a big shout out to our friend Adam Sessions and One Wire Fiber. We would not be able to bring you Bleeding Claret and Cobalt every week, every month without their great support. So you wouldn't want all your RSL news information coming from some distant out of state people that don't care about this community. So why would you rely on your voice, video, text for business coming from one of these big companies that literally don't care about you. If you don't own a business, but your friends do, your family does, you got to reach out to these guys because the level of customer service, of support, attention to detail from One Wire Fiber is immense. And we all know how fast the world is moving these days. If our phones, our computers, if our connectivity is not functioning properly, you just feel completely stuck in the water. And Adam and One Wire Fiber, they will figure it all out for you so you don't have to. The number one, W-I-R-E dot C-O, One Wire Fiber, they will take care of you. They care about this community. They care about this club. And they care about you. All right, Ryan, a lot to talk about. Um, we've got crowd atmosphere at America First for the playoff match. RSL's first home playoff match in four years, so since 2019. Savarino scored the game winner in the 87th minute against Portland back then. Scored the necessary equalizer with 20 minutes to go. 
last night, and RSL emerges in penalty kick. Zach McMath saving the first penalty kick he faced. Well, I should say the one he faced in regulation. Unfortunately, the rebound went back to the shooter. We can get into that. He saved the first frame of Houston's uh, PK shootout tiebreaker attempts. The linesman, who has one job, thought he was off his line. It goes to VAR. The referee says, no, he was on his line. Save stands. And then RSL proceeds to take five exquisite, scintillating, massively impressive penalty kicks. So we'll get into all that as well. Uh, Chicho was back. Justin Glad was back after uh, missing Excuse me, the first leg of the series. Uh, one of the things, too, I want to talk about, Ryan, is it, and it, it didn't really strike me in the moment, but talking to our GM, Elliot Fall, this morning, he's like, shootout was kind of weird. And I was like, why? And he goes, because it's not, it wasn't do or die for both sides. So that's a that's an interesting recall that I hadn't thought of. You know, I just I'm so used to seeing PKs after 90 now with the League's Cup and then the the early uh, playoff games. You know, the Cincinnati New York Red Bulls shootout, which was very exciting a few nights ago. Um, it was not do or die for Cincinnati, um, but they emerged. I think it was nine seven. It was a long, I think, 20 round shootout, and then uh, RSL gets it done in the standard five frames. Uh, I could not be more impressed with the penalty kicks taken by, in order, Chicho, Demir, Savarino, Brian Vera, and then Diego Luna. And Diego Luna with effectively the game-winning PK uh, sends 20,251 20, into absolute bedlam. Uh, the stadium was a little late getting filled in. That's probably typical on a weeknight, 7 o'clock. Everybody thinks they can get in and to the stadium in 15 minutes. And um, so it took a little while for that crowd to fill in. But man, they were loud. Uh, they were, uh, it wasn't that cold, even though I think we were all prepared for a little bit colder night. It seemed like it stayed right around 60 degrees for most of the evening and uh, just electric atmosphere. I can't say enough about it. And that was, uh, they were definitely, I guess, the, you know, the 12th man that kind of spurred. RSL on uh, to victory. Who knows if we have another home game this year or not, but that was maybe a very nice palate cleanser from what I think most would say was a somewhat of a disappointing home season, at least in MLS play. Six wins, seven losses, four draws. Um, did get three Open Cup or Leagues Cup wins at home. Uh, a couple very impressive ones against Seattle and Lyon against that Monterey loss, and then uh, and then a very dramatic PK shootout. It's funny, Ryan. I want to hear your perspective. I usually dread PKs involving RSL because you know we've had a great history, and and those are the moments that make memories. But I was just I was joking recently, both during Leagues Cup and during the playoffs. Like I don't know if my heart can really take uh, another set of RSL PKs, but I was strangely calm uh, during this set. And I don't know, maybe it was the fact that it wasn't do or die for both teams and Houston could kind of cruise, I guess. Uh, Zach did guess the right direction on two of the ones he didn't save. Um, and, you know, it is a game of centimeters, I guess. But anyway, uh, what was your take on both the crowd – the PKs, the series, everything that you've seen uh, through the first two games with Houston. I think it's a good point that it's uh, kind of a microcosm of the season, that game. There's a lot of frustrating moments, uh, some things that maybe 
didn't go RSL way early on. I mean, they look at think about that penalty in the first half, and not only Enzac making that save, some frustrating moments that weren't de- totally indicative of like what the play on the field was like. The atmosphere was great. I think the last last several home games have been just incredible atmosphere. I think it's just been it's been fun. Play add the playoffs to it, and it was, you know, the, the electricity. Um, I did spend some time in my seats, uh, explaining that we were a in the playoffs. <laughs> Took a few people. Most people that were most people that were very invested. So it's funny. <laughs> it's crazy because like I mean, literally, we sold fifteen hundred tickets the day of the game, yeah. which is about fifty percent more than usual, and. I guess the good thing is we knew that if people bought tickets for this game, they were going to come. Yeah. You don't have as many no-shows yeah. as you typically do because all the tickets have been sold in the last, I don't know, three weeks. And But it's crazy to me that somebody could not yeah, understand. I, I'd, I'd, say, I'd say maybe without knowing everybody's situation there, I'd say there was a lot of people that were probably being brought by friends, the friends who have been invested and were, were very excited to be here and just wanted to share this with their friends who may not have been paying as much attention. Uh, there was some confusion towards the end of the, like with the with fans, just there was conversations going on around me about what was going to happen as 90 rolled around, uh, you know, because this is a best of three series and uh, this would be, you know, a win would take it to Houston and there was no aggregate, that kind of stuff. I, I found myself in conversations where I was explaining that to several people, but most people, once it went to penalties, it didn't matter because we just here for the penalties. I would say Savarino was one of my standout performances. I think that every time there was something interesting happening, it was uh, the ball was at Savarino's feet. Uh, I think Andres Gomez was uh, very much in the middle of everything. I was hoping for one of those chances that he created to to come to fruition, I think that we were seeing a lot of that. Uh, I feel like the defense was solid the whole time. I didn't feel like there was a lot of there was a lot of play out of the back. There was a lot of passing sequences that went that spent a lot of time in the back. You know, going back and forth between Justin and yeah, you know, whatever. But I think for the most part, stayed away, stayed in the Houston was seemed like they were content to just let RSL kind of pressured in there. I think that that was uh, ultimately what changed. Uh, Chicho coming on in the second half, I think, changed the the team, like the dynamic of the team, in a way that was as dramatic as any sub change I've seen in any game this year. I think, uh, obviously, Chicho's an an incredible talent. I, I know he wasn't 100, percent and hopefully he's getting to there. But I think, man, there were some things were happening. There, there was just that the chance that Chicho created towards the end of the game where he crossed it into the, into the center and um, Andres Gomez. Uh, maybe missed it by you know a fraction of an inch you know it was so close but was, as that was going on i was just looking through the box i was kind of perpendicular to the bo- to the to the uh, i was like right on the um goal line looking across the field right and just seeing all of the options in the box there and i was like every single person that's in this box right now is dangerous there was Savarino, there was luna there was um uh, gomez there was i'm just it was just like there was the whole thing was i think vera would snuck up during that one too that was another thing Sometimes I wonder what Vera, position Vera thinks he's playing because he'll be so far up. So uh, every game he makes one or two of those runs where he gets deep yeah. forward, and it's exciting yeah. unless he turns the ball over yeah. and then we're well, down I, a center back in the back. I think but. he's smart about that, and I think that he's been seeing – I think we've seen a lot of times that uh, that it ha- – I mean, he's – because he'll be back when he needs to be back. I don't think – that's the thing. I didn't see that there wasn't a lot of scrambling – in the on the back line, I don't think. And there was a couple times. There was a time. There was a time when Brody was back playing essentially what would be center back, mm-hmm. and he made you know it wasn't it wasn't like a a big stop, but it was you know obviously the the formation has shifted, and it was up to Brody to 
to bring it out of the back. But I think that was kind of um, it was it was good. I mean, Zach Zach McMath, what a game! I mean, he just yeah. I, I want to share a couple things that happened in the post game press conference. And if you go to know, Caleb Turner, the beat writer from KSL.com, usually has pretty good press conference videos on his Twitter feed. So post game press conference. It's it's Pablo Mastroeni because we had Saba and Zach McMath doing Apple post game stuff. So Pablo comes in, does his usual press conference, and you know uh, one of the questions to Pablo was, you know Zach because he saved a PK in the game against Kansas City a few weeks ago that Glad got the early red right. Unfortunately, the rebound goes straight back to I think it was Alan Polito, and he knocks it home, and that might have been the third goal. So that put Kansas City up 3-0, a game we eventually made 3-2 because we scored two in the last 10 minutes. And then he saves, you know, the mid-first half penalty against Bassey, gets the rebound, Bassey converts it, does the, like, archer blue arrow celebration, and I'm like, you're going to do a marksman celebration on a goal that you scored off a rebound of a missed PK by you? Okay, that's bold, whatever. But anyway... Zach gets or Pablo gets asked about Zach's penalty stopping skills, right? Because obviously he had a key stop, the difference making stop in the PK shootout as well. And Pablo's like, look, I had Zach in Colorado. I think like a lot of keepers, he kind of reads the hips. He's got his different secrets, his cues, but he is he's always been really good, right? And then <laughs> Zach comes in to the press conference later and they ask him about it. And he's like, Well, my wife watches a lot of soccer with me, and she doesn't understand why goalkeepers don't just stand in the middle on penalties. And, um, you know, on that first frame of the shootout, I stood in the middle and I was able to make the save. So I got to give her a ton of credit. It was just kind of a funny contrast in answers. And they also asked Pablo, um, you know, how did you decide who is taking penalty kicks when? And, you know, Pablo has talked about this a lot, especially going back to the playoff win in Seattle a couple years ago. And, you know, Chicho basically said he wanted to go first, Demir, Sava, Sava. And then, um, you know, Pablo said he asked Luna, do you want to go fourth or fifth? And Luna says, I want fifth. And then when Luna came into the press conference, they asked Luna, hey, why did you, why did you want fifth? And he's like, I just saw the vision that I would, rise to the moment and score the game winner. And that's exactly what happened. And obviously I'm, I'm summarizing and I think Diego spoke about it a little more eloquently. And so did Pablo about Diego's confidence that he could be the guy to send us back to Houston. Some of the articles today, I think Zach shared, you know, the words that they had as Zach gave Luna the ball leading into that decisive penalty kick. And he gave him the ball and said, um, send us back to Houston and Diego's like, okay, done. We're going back and boom, he hits. But like, I don't know, man, I watched the PKs again this morning and I've, I've seen the clips a couple times. Like Chicho was the only one that out of all 10 shooters that went to the keepers left and you know, he kind of takes a slow run up and it looked like he kind of pivoted his hips, sent the goalkeeper one way and he goes the other. Um, so that was an, a very nice, well-taken penalty. Demir's was like literally a centimeter from the post and a centimeter under the bar into the top left corners. Perfect. Um, Savarino, low. Um, Wormburner, keeper didn't have a chance, just inside the post. Vera, 
hit the ball as hard as he usually does. And uh, I think the funniest thing I saw to describe Vera's penalty kick is for, for those of you who watched uh, the Ted Lasso finale when they win the last game, there's a moment of indecision. And then uh, there's a, a shot of the referee looking through a torn hole in the back of the net and then awards the goal. Literally, that was Vera. Vera could not have hit that ball any harder or any more precisely. And it's funny now, if you go back and watch that kick, watch the ball like trampoline back out of the net and roll back past Vera as he's like walking back to his teammates, like well outside the 18. Like that's how much force was on that ball. So, um, and then, uh, and then in the fifth frame, Luna does his thing. So it was fun. Um, I was probably sitting opposite of you, so I was like at the top of the box, and I was watching when Houston was shooting, I was watching Zach on the big south end jumbotron, and when we were shooting, I was watching our players trying to like, but again, I it just had this weird sense of calm, like, okay, we're going to go back to Houston, we're going to do this. And uh, even though it officially counts as a tie, it is a win in an elimination game at home. We've won all three of our elimination games at home. And uh, I don't know. I just feel like the momentum is kind of back on our side in this series. And and it started before Chicho went on. But then when Chicho goes on in the 55th minute, I think he changes the game because he's the most dangerous player on the field all of a sudden. And he forces... Diego and Savarino and others to kind of raise their level a little bit. Uh, Gomez, I think, was dog tired at the end because he had been playing so much defense. But Chicho set him up on a silver platter with that shot, uh, you know, late 87th, 88th minute at the penalty spot. It did get, there was a Houston defender that I think nicked the pass. Gomez runs into the path of of Luna, so you, sometimes you watch that replay and you think what could have been. But um, man, did Chicho have a couple great chances that he probably finishes if he hadn't been hurt for a month? Um, you know, Glad I think a little unlucky on the on the penalty. I at first I thought maybe he thought he could get to the ball quicker, but when you watch the replay, I think he's trying to stand up um, Escobar and the ball. And the wet turf, his feet just go out from under him, and he just cleans the guy out. So um, just a much better performance than we saw in Houston. Um, the line of confrontation was much higher. The The passing percentage completion for Palacio, Ojeda, and everybody else was much higher. Um, not as many careless turnovers, you know, in your own third or in the middle of the field. So I've – I don't know. Houston's still a very good team. They have a lot of talented attacking players. Uh, Herrera was held to a significantly reduced number of both passes and touches in game two than he was in game one. I think that is partly because of our our pressure from up top was so much better with uh, Savarino, Julio, uh, also Luna and Gomez really pressuring that, that kind of defensive third of Houston. So I'm excited to go back there Saturday and uh, see if we can't win the series. And then, then you're home on Thanksgiving weekend against your biggest rival sporting Kansas city who took out St. Louis as I think we've been hoping and, and predicting with our hearts that they would just so we could have another home game this year. Yeah. It was good to see so many of those performances be kind of up where we have been expecting them. You do want to see, uh, you want to see that, I don't know, it's tough to see them go down 
early, and that does kind of like we're talking about the microcosm of kind of the situation. Don't don't love playing from behind in a game that has that much on the line. I think that in order to go to Houston and to take, I know we talked last week about like what do we what needs to happen for an RSL win. Neither n- neither of the things that we said needed to happen happened, but they did take the win. But uh, I feel like the way that RSL is successful in Houston is by being on the front foot getting on the score sheet early. Yeah, I think there was some angst on Twitter about the lack of subs. Obviously, Pablo saving the substitution phases you know, for what he thought would be best if penalty kicks were going to happen. Ultimately, they did. Demir, as we saw, went in late. That was the only change other than Chicho, I think. Um, it will be interesting because as, as Pablo has talked about all week leading into this game, like, Chicho's good for 30 minutes. Maybe we can extend that to 45, but we want to definitely make sure he's on the field for penalties. He did allude earlier in the week to the hope that if Chicho gets through this game, recovers well, he could be up for more minutes, maybe 60, maybe 75, uh, for the Saturday decisive game in Houston. So does that mean he starts? Does that mean he comes on at halftime we don't know yet um clearly if chicho starts and then julio is an option uh halftime or sorry in the second half you know that gives you a little more options to change the game late if you need them um certainly i would if we go to pks again i would have a lot of faith not only in all the guys that took the pks but i would expect like danny masovsky rubio rubin to be very good at penalties a rookie like a Mecca Anelli, who's not really a rookie anymore, who started, what, 15 in the last 20 games or so? You know, maybe does he get time? Maybe does he start and then Brody comes in to change the game? Or do he and Brody start? Oviedo comes in the last 20, 30, whatever. So it, there's going to be a lot of interesting decisions, I think, are going to be based on how guys recover in not a, a really short week. Certainly these guys are used to going Wednesday, Saturday, but – uh, Monday, Saturday is is, is a, just a tad bit shorter than normal. Obviously, emotions are intensified. Adrenaline is 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 heightened. Um, so recovery, the team is off as we sit here today on Tuesday and speak. Um, and so we'll see what Wednesday and Thursday bring. Friday's going to be a very light session, a travel day. And then, and then Houston, 4 o'clock Mountain Time on Saturday, uh, 90 minutes plus potentially PKs to decide – who hosts Kansas City in two weeks. Obviously, there's an international break, which I think we've talked about a little bit. Uh, We'll talk a lot more about it next week as we're looking back and hopefully still looking ahead to the Kansas City game. But um, momentum feels like it's on RSL side. Obviously, uh, Houston can snatch that back if they play like they usually do at home. They have a massive home road split. They've won, I think, 11 games in MLS or across all comps at home and only won three on the road. Uh, one of the ones they did win on the road was here three days after that Open Cup game. So uh, RSL's numbers still skew uh, to being favored on the road, more wins on the road across all competitions than at home. Um, there's just something about the mentality of this group, Ryan, where they just they kind of band together and go on the road. Marcelo Silva could be reintroduced for Saturday as well. So he gets a few more training sessions under his belt after uh, spending – a week or more you know, down in Uruguay following the, the very, very sad death of his mother. So um, it'll be interesting um, to see what what Pablo decides to go with, not just for the 11, but for the 20. 
as well. And then, then you've got time to reset, recover, and get ready for maybe uh, three straight single elimination matches between the conference semi against Kansas City, conference final against likely LAFC or Seattle, although I'm sure Dallas and um, others may have something to say about that. And then uh, an MLS Cup. Hopefully Nashville comes out of the East. Then we can host MLS Cup here in Salt Lake if we uh, if we get that far. That would be amazing. Dare to dream. Yeah. Dan, Dan Farns, maybe not rooting for that, that for that specific, for a very specific reason of keeping a, the field looking like it looks like right now in the middle of December. I He's guess. glad he can put the grow tarp down. Yeah, for, for a few sure. Weeks. Yeah, I'm sure that's the thing, though, is if it does happen, I have no doubt that Dan will have, Dan and the grounds crew will have that looking like it's the middle of June out there. Uh, yeah, I watch a lot of MLS. I see a lot of different teams. There's some teams that have that have some combina- like combinations of players that are just you know incredible and unbeatable and that kind of stuff. There's some things I'm just thinking about. Well, strangely, like watching watching what Kansas City did to St. Louis was was kind of was, was yeah. Uh, but I, that's the thing is I'm watching this team out on the field right now and seeing that, especially the last the last 30 minutes, just seeing these guys connect and just what Chicho brings and what you know when Savarino's on and just how many of these things were happening? Even even the like the the the, the minutes that Krylak was on the on the the seconds that he was on the field, he was just on because they put he put him on the last second that right. he could possibly think like oh, I don't have much time. There was even he was he was contributing to there was there was a moment with Krylak on the ball that I was like oh this could turn into something. It not ultimately something fell apart, but I was like man, all these guys you know people will talk about how Krylak isn't what he used to be and that kind of stuff. But I mean this is a guy this is a team that has. Demir Krylak coming off the bench. This is a team that's got, you know, all these different things. I just, it is tough to, you know, don't want to be too much of a homer, but I am very excited. Maybe, maybe I'm still in the afterglow of this this game, but uh, I'm very excited to see this team. I think that maybe there hasn't been a chance to see this group. I mean, I mean, we're what this is 35 games into the season, 36 games, uh, and to see that this group that was on the field last night, I think. This is this is an amazing. This is a good team. And yeah, I think it's game. If you go all comps, it's like forty five. Yeah. So we've been, yeah. and we just haven't really. We've seen everybody's got a chance to kind of take the team on their shoulders, and a lot of times we've seen those situations. We've seen it go through a lot of different guys, but when you see them all in the field at the same time, it's a kind of an intimidating group of guys. So I am looking for that. I do feel like going back even to like last week at Houston, the the two one loss. I do. I think that that was a winnable game. I think that there was a few, a few different, a few different moments. That change that game changes. Uh, obviously, knowing what Houston has been to RSL this season, uh, but knowing what this game is going to mean, I think that there is the chance of this being. I don't know. There's when you hang out in the press box, there's some like negativity that comes with like, oh yeah, we're you know we people that are paying attention maybe a little more keyed in. Like yeah, the 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 chances of moving on beyond this may not be great. But I think that when you do look at like what this team has done this season, it's like. There's a lot of things that may have not mathematically added up, but here we are. And so I think that there's, if there's any been ever been an indication of that, just watching how little doubt was left at the end of that uh, that penalty shootout. Mm-hmm. These guys knew what they were do, here to do, and they took care of it. I think that that this is a team that when they do that, who can keep up? I'm with still them? wrapping my brain around the fact that it wasn't do or die for Houston. It's kind of a funny thing because shootouts just, are like just by their nature do or die. Definitely. But not in this format. Maybe maybe back into the old MLS days of the running shootout where it was just a season game where it wasn't do or die. Maybe that's kind of the situation. Maybe MLS mm. has a tendency to put a little more. <laughs> the 35-yard one that they had from 96 uh, to 99. Those, those good, are some fun YouTube videos, actually. 
we're going to do or die game now. It's a, the, officially like another round of the playoffs, basically. Is what we're I mean, and I guess that leads me to believe that maybe part of the reason I feel like we have the momentum and have the advantage going back to Houston is we've been playing with our backs to the wall. Definitely. Longer than they have. Yeah. And maybe we're more attuned to it. Again, I don't want to like, I won't be shocked if Houston wins Saturday because they are at home where they've been very good. They're the Open Cup champions for a reason. Hector Herrera makes $6 million a year. Uh, Karaskia, Corey Baird wasn't great last night, but he's usually pretty good. He's, he was really good against us earlier this year. Um, Bossy, Dorsey, um, Escobar, Artur, like they, they come at you in waves. And I don't know, but then I think, okay, we did not play well there on May 6th and ended up with a 0-0 draw. We did not play well there in the Open Cup semi, and we are 1-1 after 90 minutes. We are 1-1 at 105, and we end up losing 3-1, one goal before, one goal after the Vera red card. But it took them 120 minutes. Um, that might have been our worst game of the season, right? We played very tight. The first 20 minutes last week, we were really bad. We we were not in sync. Um we were not pressing from the top, as Pablo said. That led to a lot of indecision on our back line. We were under it. They go up on nothing. We f- we scratch back. Um, takes a lot to kill this RSL team. It's resilient. It's mentally very strong. It hasn't been as pretty post Pablo Ruiz as it was for the thirty days that we had both Chicho and Pablo, and and we had some really pretty games actually pre Chicho as well. But then I go back to last night, like I said before, he comes on the field, everything changes. Like, he's the man. He's the best player on the field, even with Hector Herrera on the field. How does Hector Herrera not take a PK? Like, he's everything goes through him. He takes all their free kicks. He takes most of their corner kicks. And he's not I, – I just don't know. I haven't read Houston media or blogs or anything to try to figure that one out. Anyway, like, we're focused on ourselves. So – I don't know. I'm I'm just super excited for Saturday and and as Pablo said, like the carrot is that if we win Saturday, we get to come back home and play another home game in front of those awesome fans that made everything so so electric um this week. And then Glad's that much healthier. Knock on wood, Chicho's that much healthier. Um, Palacio was probably his best game in an RSL uniform last night. Ojeda significantly improved over leg one. Uh, Gomez showed things that he hadn't shown all season. It's just he's a 20 year old and he he's had a roller coaster ride of a nine month season. And uh, but he looks like he's so close to putting it all together. Like he just makes things happen on both sides of the ball. Maybe we get a little bit better refereeing performance because. At one point, I think it was fouls on RSL 10, fouls on Houston 1. And then next thing you know, it's it was like 13 of the next 16 fouls went against Houston. So it was very lopsided, and it kind of went back and forth for Bazakis, but who's who's been around this league forever, and I don't want to complain about the referees. It's just some days – everybody has good days and bad days, I guess, is how I'll leave it. But um, I don't know. I'm excited, and uh, – you know, obviously, I'm very optimistic that we'll be back here at America First on November, probably the 25th or 26th. What would you prefer? Saturday night going head to head with the Utes and and Dion Sanders prime time, or 
Sunday afternoon at like five o'clock on the 26th at the end of Thanksgiving weekend. I think that uh, I think we found that there's a lot of people that do choose RSL over Utah football. Sometimes uh, we've gone up against them quite a bit. I've always been. That's the thing is I've been I've been impressed with. That. I just bring it up because there is more crossover with the Utes, yeah, no, I, like I, Crimson Club than like Jazz seasons. Definitely, or I think else. I think it's it's going to be tough. That's going to be a tough decision. There will be people here. There will be empty seats here because people have made the other decision. But yeah, that Saturday night game would be great. Uh, I like an afternoon game too. So. Was there anybody else? Let's leave it on this. Like I, I just mentioned, like I feel like Palacio really opened my eyes last night. I've been wanting oh, was good. him to succeed so much. I feel like he really like grew into the moment. And talk about like watching the game. I don't know if this. We talk. I, I talk. I kind of get this way, but I, I talk a lot about like what body language of the players looks like out there. And one thing I noticed about Palacios last night was he's a leader. He was organizing things on free kicks. He was going and making the rounds when there was dead balls to talk to. I saw him mm. talk to Luna. I saw him talk to Gomez. Uh, I was just seeing him do things that I was like taking, you know, the, the thing that doesn't, the, the kind of stuff that doesn't show up on the score sheet, the kind of like the Kyle Beckerman type of stats that will never, you know, you can't ever search in a, a spreadsheet to find out what he did. But I think seeing that leadership there, I think that was a big part of why Hector Herrera doesn't touch the ball as much. I think because you had a midfield that was kind of being helmed by somebody who yeah. was watching the game and letting it play out in front of him and taking, you know, putting people where they need to be. I don't know. I'm, I'm very like, again, that's a guy like, I don't think there's a lot of, you don't see a lot of talk RSL in RSL, you know, Twitter or whatever about Palacios, but I think it is, he's in the middle of this all the time. And like, I'm glad you brought it up because. Well, he's another young guy that, you know, gets thrown in mid season, it's hard to assimilate culturally into a city, a locker room, and everything in between, and then have to defend, depend on your body to make a living, to earn more minutes, to do all these things. And he had a good run of starts prior to Emeka started decision day in Colorado and then game one in Houston. Um, some of that might have been because of the formation change, but then he goes back to Palacio next to Ojeda, and they were just both so much better than the first game uh, or recent games. Like, I my complaint about Palacio all year has been that he's kind of sloppy with the ball, and he didn't always know where to be. He gets stretched out, right? Which is kind of natural to think that's what's going to happen when he's you know his first ten, twelve games in with a new team. I still think last night was only his like fourteenth or fifteenth appearance for this club, and um, man, he was solid and rangy and covering ground but also his like a lot of different type of passes Diego Luna obviously was nails on that final penalty kick not probably his most dynamic game uh, as we've seen in recent weeks but maybe that's just he's getting more attention if he's I on think, the ball I, that's what I like, think for sure opponents are not going to let him have freedom I think that maybe we talk about Luna and I think that I don't think that that game was a bad game by him I think it was a frustrating game for him because I think that whenever he had the ball it was there was two other guys right there on him in fact a lot of the times that the, the few the few runs that Luna had where he was just pushing it through and just you know getting knocked down and coming back up with the ball that, that happened several times I mean that's you know not a lot of central midfielders get that kind of attention when they're on the ball so uh, yeah so I think yeah if, if anything Luna's demanding attention and he's I think he's rising to the to the challenge for sure. All right, prediction for Saturday. Ooh, uh, I think 
I want to say it's going to do, you're going to need multiple goals. So I'm going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to, the result last week was 2 1. I'm going to say RSL takes 2 1. I think okay. you need two goals. It's probably a rational expectation. We're homers here. Um, I generally say 3 0 or 3 1 whenever I'm asked to predict any RSL match. I do think it would be hard to go back down into Houston and get a clean sheet because of how talented they are. But like you, I think RSL figures it out. I think we win in regulation. We have a 2-1 lead, and then we get we get the dagger to win 3-1 for the final scoreline. So. Yeah, dagger is a Demir Krylock header. Ooh. Um, that would be cool, right? Demir gets put in for PKs late in the game and then ends up uh, icing the regulation. Yeah. Just someone forgot that he's good and he's <laughs> <is> there. <laughs> could be fun will be a lot of fun can't wait to talk about whatever happens saturday when we come back to you guys next week please do download listen share subscribe do all the pod things and help us uh, grow our audience if you like what you hear from us here at bleeding claret and cobalt please do reach out to us on the socials at claret cobalt on twitter and instagram anchor.fm slash claret and cobalt use the message function or email the old-fashioned way rsltrey at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you we hope you enjoy the show and uh we'll be back at you next week as the audi 2023 mls cup playoffs roll on for Real Salt Lake and for the entire Major League Soccer ecosystem. A lot to talk about. Thanks, everybody.